This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, good morning to you on this uh, lovely Saturday morning. It's sunny yeah, so far. Clearing. No, it's all clearing up. It's going to be beautiful blue sky for the rest of the day. <laughs> and I wish I wish we were totally on camera. Uh, well, we are. We are. We'll explain that in just a moment. But yeah. you mouth to me, oh, I forgot my lipstick. <laughs> Which <laughs> has got you giggling. We, we have uh, Ian Taves in from uh, the company called 291 Film Company mm-hmm. doing a documentary about gardening. And Ageless you, of course. gardening. Yeah. Yes. And, and me, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> Being an, age, an aged gardener. <laughs> Aged-ed, maybe. Aged-ed, yes. Mm-hmm. Good point. So here we are on the Saturday morning. And uh, Ian, how you doing, Ian? Really good. Oh, they're really good. Really okay, good. And good. we also have Nate and Nathaniel in yes. the control room learning how to... Had to run the show with Sebastian uh, being the, the guy in charge. Yeah, he's so going to be taken off for a little camping trip soon, I think. I know. That's the whole I deal. think he glamps, though. I don't think he camps. <laughs> oh, really? He seems like a glamping kind of guy. His, his idea his idea of of camping is slow you know, slow room service and black and white TV, I think. That's about <laughs> it. Anyway, let me get the phone numbers on the air here, okay? Uh, you, you folks out there with gardening questions, already get a hold of Charlie this away. In Toronto, call 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty. Then anywhere else in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And a couple of little things we like to pass along. Our motto: Call early, call often. One question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Sebastian know when you get through in the line, and uh, you'll hear that as you come to the garden area. wings. You get your garden wings. Yeah, exactly. Now, what have you got for us? Oh, I've always got stuff, but I'm going to start with an email right. that I received from Miran Fugas, and she sent a great photograph of a very sad and ugly looking cherry tree. Yikes. Yeah. So these are the tips of the branches of the cherry tree. All mm-hmm. the leaves are really, really curled up. Um, it's sticky. It's, it's not a pretty sight at all. Mm-hmm. Many of you out there, if you have peach trees, might be seeing this exact same syndrome on your peaches. It, it is called peach leaf curl. It's mm-hmm. famous on peaches, not as common on cherries. Fungal disease, obviously brought on by our very wet, cold spring. We're seeing lots of fungal diseases. Here's what you've got to do if you're struggling with tips that are all curled up on fruit trees. Uh, there probably are some insects in there, but they're not going to be... Um, 
they're, you're not going to be able to kill them because they're all hiding inside and all of our insecticides are contact killers. But to avoid this problem in the future, dormant oil, dormant spray kit. So dormant oil mixed with lime sulfur. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always buy it in the spring. You should also be able to buy it in the fall. There might still be some on the shelves of garden centers or home stores left over from the spring. Get Buy some, take it home, use it in the fall once we've had a frost, once the plant is quite dormant, and again in the spring. So you're going to spray your dormant spray twice on your fruit trees that are showing the tip curl that mm-hmm. this photo is a great example of. Um, all right? So that's, that's, the best, that's the only way to avoid that. Prevent it next year. Can't do anything about it this year. All right, a couple things going on today. The Bob Cajun Horticultural Society is hosting a garden tour, tea and market. Perfect day for it. 10 to 4 o'clock. There's uh, eight lovely gardens on display. There's horticultural displays, refreshments, music, master gardeners. More information, www.bobcajunhorticulture.com. Tomorrow from 12 noon, the there's eight unique gardens, including afternoon tea presented by the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society. Passports are only $10. They are available the day of the tour tomorrow from 11 a.m. at the Scarborough Village Community Center's parking lot, which is Kingston Road and Markham Road. Speaking of garden tours, if you're in the Niagara area and want to be in the loop as far as garden events and tours are concerned, I highly recommend subscribing to Gardens Buffalo Niagara. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, it's all you need to know to be able to fill every waking moment during the gardening season. If you, I might show, bring up that website and show it to you. There's, they, they're showcasing, I think, 12 different garden tours mm. this weekend alone in the Buffalo Niagara area. I remember you speaking <clears throat> of this before last year. Well, that's Gardens deal. Walk Oh, okay. in Buffalo. Good that's news. the biggest uh, garden tour in North America. That happens later, late July. Oh, okay. So we'll talk about that later. This is just more tours local tours going on in smaller um, you know locales Um, and again remember tomorrow's the first ever Mississauga Garden Festival uh, featuring nine private garden tours that are surrounding Clarkson's Rattray March sorry Marsh Conservation Area plus a festival at the Museums of Museums of Mississauga's Bradley location features a marketplace talks tours kids and refreshments Alrighty. That's there. it. That's oh, it. Wow. That's, that's all it. I got. Okay. <laughs> and that's all she wrote. Well, uh, we'll be back with more of those announcements. And, of course, uh, we'll be joining uh, our callers very, very shortly. In fact, Eva out in there in Mississauga waiting patiently on the line. We shall be to her in moments here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, you've seen me use my... uh... Arm You're ringing. getting a workout uh, uh, yeah. today. Bell ringing arm. <laughs> Let's do it again, okay? There you go. That's for May in Scarborough. Good morning, May. Hi, May. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <clears throat> I heard a program yesterday about ants, mm-hmm. and I'd like to know your remedy for it, please. Okay. I was on yesterday. I um, had a tip on air, and it was the idea of using borax, yes. sugar, and water, and soaking. Mm-hmm. Um, cotton balls, and then putting those into waterproof, you know, old yogurt containers with holes popped in the side. The ants will go in, and they they love the sugar, so they're very attracted, and they'll nibble all that sugar off the cotton ball. 
ingesting borax at the same time. Not good for them. I and know. taking it back to the nest and feeding it to the babies and the queen and everybody else. And before you know it, you ultimately can kill the nest. But it is a slow process. It's not instant. Uh-huh. So you can make that yourself. It is a bit of a task to find borax and, you know, put it all together. Um, the um, You can also buy it pre-made for you under the name Ant Killer. Just a little bottle. Everybody's got a, you know, home hardware, Canadian Tire, Ant Killer. Uh, that's the borax sugar mix made for you. Also, if you look at the ant traps that are for sale, the little metal canisters, you poke the holes in the sides, they have the exact same mixture inside. So that does work. The trick is putting this little bit of poison where you're seeing the ant trails, either entering your house or exiting your house or going across the patio. You want those traps out in right in the middle of the trail in a waterproof situation so that the rain doesn't you know wash any of this uh, poison away and the ants will slowly but surely take it back to the nest. Oh. Okay? Uh-huh. That's Good. it. Well, okay. Thanks, May. Thank, you, thank, thank you. you very much for calling in. And uh, for those of you uh, like May there, maybe a first-time caller, aren't familiar with our phone numbers, let me repeat That's them That's right, and you, don't okay? be shy. Yeah, come on and join the party. Uh, in Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, we go, oh, let's take a little ride in the QEW. Hmm? Oh, down the, to Beamsville. In Beamsville, yeah. there's Maureen. Good morning, Maureen. Good morning, Maureen. Good morning, both of you. Uh, okay, Charlie, I have several Rosa Sharon bushes across the back of my property. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't trimmed them. Uh, I know if I do, it has to be after they bloom. Or early in the spring. Oh, okay. But I have hundreds of other little ones. <laughs> okay. I'm laughing because, yeah. All right, yep. how do I? First of all, I try putting a Roundup on some of them, but it doesn't seem to work. How do I? How do I stop this from happening? Hmm. So your Rose of Sharon that you've chosen and planted and got across the back of the property are doing beautiful flowering in August. Those beautiful flowers are then setting seed, and those seeds are dropping to the ground, and you're getting lots of volunteer baby Rose of Sharons. You could open a nursery and just start potting up those little (laughs) Rose of Sharon and start selling them at the end of the driveway. Um, Because some of the varieties really are very, very prolific. What else do you do other than pulling them up? Uh, Roundup will work, but remember how Roundup works. Roundup, mix at the right concentration or you've bought it pre-mixed. The spray goes on the leaves. The spray is uh, absorbed through the leaves and will ultimately kill the plants, but they have to be thoroughly wetted. The leaves have to be soaking and dripping and wet. Okay. Uh, it, the bark does not absorb Roundup, so you can spray all the bark you want in the world and you're not having any effect whatsoever. So there's that. To avoid this in the future, I think what you're going to have to do is set a date on your calendar every year in about maybe mid-October or early November to go out and do your and actually prune those hibiscus back to you know a, a good a size for so that you won't prune them again in the spring and by doing that you're going to remove a lot of those flowers that are setting seeds and try and remove all those little fruits before all those seeds drop. Okay, so when you say trim back, I know I mean I know after the flower's gone I get all these little cute little things. Mm-hmm. Those are the over. fruits. Yep. And I have I have seen people standing there pulling all of those off, which 
Oh, you could Which do that. That's a lot. a long time to do that. I was going to say, that's a lot of work. Be faster okay, to prune. So trimming, then, how would I do that? I would take those off, though, if mm. I'm trimming, right? That's right. That's how they'd end up being removed. Okay, so each branch that has one of those. Well, okay, so Rose of Sharon grows 8, 10 inches a year. And okay. unless you want these plants to just be massive, you know, 16, 18 foot tall plants, <clears throat> which maybe you do, um, I would be pruning and shaping them yearly to keep them at the shape and size I want them to be, to be attractive and look good at the back of the yard. Okay, I do want them to be up high enough to sort of give me a bit of privacy. Okay, so you, you want them what, like 8, 10 feet tall? Uh, well, or. Yeah, seven, eight, seven, yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. Well, so how tall do you think they are now? Uh, well, some of them are above the fence, so they are probably the right height. Okay, but not all of them. All right, but it is a process, so they are, you know, they are going to grow every year. Uh-huh. Uh, you're right; you're not probably going to want to do radical pruning this right. uh, um, October. You, but still, I would be trimming off some tips. Okay. Maybe you're only taking six inches off the plants. All right, and then you're going to have to pick off the fruits by hand. If you want to avoid all those seedlings dropping to the ground. Okay, and so then I should also try the round, round up again for the ones that are in the ground. And make sure it's not going to rain within and, 24 exactly. hours. <laughs> okay. okay, thanks for your help. All right, thanks, thanks for calling. Right. Thank you very Bye-bye. much, Jan. You are tuned to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here on Zoomer Radio AM 740 and in downtown Toronto 96.7 FM. And, uh, gee, we've got a couple of lines open. I just want, thought I'd let folks know. Yeah. So if you want to give a call now, that would be almost a guaranteed way to getting on the show. 416-360-0740 in Toronto and 1-866-744-740 uh, toll-free. All righty. Uh, on we go to uh, Brampton this time around. There's Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Um Charlie, I called, called you last year to complain about my year old clematis that didn't do anything, and you said give it a year to get established. Yep. This year it bloomed its head off. There you see. What did I say? Gorgeous. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, second question. I deadheaded all the spent flower heads. Mm-hmm. My, my next-door neighbor scolded me mm-hmm. saying you shouldn't do that. You know why? If you sold the flower, the whole... Well, no, if you leave the flowers, I'm, I'm exactly like you. I have a beautiful clematis that's pure white, and it's right by my front door, and it was gorgeous this year. And as the flowers were fading, they weren't very pretty. They are brown and sort of ugly. But if you can live through that fading of the flower process, what's left behind is a fuzzy little seed head. Okay, that, which, which is what I cut off. Okay. Is that wrong or bad? Um, not necessarily. Many people find it ornamental. Yeah, so it, my neighbor does. I find it ugly. Yeah, so there you go. You know what? I know people that cut off the flowers on hostas because they think they're ugly. Well, I don't well, believe that. Me. So there you go. If you find those seed heads ugly, then cut them off. Mm-hmm. They, it's not like you're likely to get any plants from the seeds because exactly. you're, you've likely planted a cultivar that's um, infertile. Okay. So, yeah, as she just was giving, she obviously likes the look of the little puff balls. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going to say. I'm going to give a final feeding about another week or 10 days, and that's it. That's correct, right? That's exactly right. Very, very good point to bring up, Mary. No more fertilizing of any of our garden plants after the end of July, except vegetables, 
and annual. annual flowers. Yeah, I learned a lot from you. You have learned a lot. We should get you in here. You might be oh, a sous chef so. in training. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Now, you're one of our favorite callers with that lovely accent from the Bronx. I know. I've been here 27 years, and I still sound like I'm from New York yesterday. <laughs> New York. I, I know. Love it. It's true. I'm, I'm sorry. New York. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love I love listening to you, honestly. Got you. Okay. Thank <laughs> you so much, guys. Thanks, All right. Mary. Have a wonderful weekend, huh? And keep it tuned right here to Zoomer Radio. <laughs> All righty. Uh, I believe, just let me do a check here. Okay. Uh, yes, we are going to Stevensville, and Bev is on the line. Good morning, Bev. Oh. And Frank, Hi. I really enjoy your show. You've been most helpful. Um, I have a problem with little black bugs on my tomato plants and also on my burning bush. I sprayed with um, Bug Be Gone, uh-huh. and I think I might have had the solution too strong because the new growth on my tomato plants just the next day was all black. I had to cut it away. Mm. I hope I haven't killed my plants, but um, But the the black bugs on the burning bush, although there's not as many, they're they're still there, and it it was like it covered every leaf Hmm. underneath. Underneath, black bugs. Hmm. Um, And when you say every leaf, was it most particularly on the newer growth, the tips, the black bugs? No, it was right down the entire plant. Okay, on the leaves and on the stems as well? Oh, I didn't check all the stems, no. And do they squish easily? Are they soft or are they hard? I didn't try that either. (laughs) It seems to me they're hard, though. Yeah, they look a bit shiny. Um, they're very, very tiny. I, I didn't look that closely. I should have. Okay. The burning bush is typically not uh, infested by many insects uh, at all. But you're right. The bug be gone used as per directions, meaning if the, if the insects are on the underside of the leaves, that's where you're spraying, is right directly on the insects to the dripping point, the entire shrub, top to bottom, if that's where the insects are, are you can see them. The, the bug be gone must contact the insects in order to kill them. Yeah. The reason you saw the black tips on your tomatoes is because you're right, the growing tip is the most tender, sensitive part of the plant, and bug be gone is effective. It, so it did burn that little growing tip on the tomato. So probably that happened because if you read the instructions, you'll notice you never, ever, ever spray an insecticide at high noon or at the hottest part of the day, and you never spray when the sun is beating down onto a plant. And tomatoes are always typically in full sun. So your your spray time when you're, you are going to be spraying tomatoes is very early in the day, you know, sunrise or late in the day, sunset. The wind is typically at its lowest, so it's a perfect time to spray, and you're less likely to damage the plants with the spray. And I did spray in the evening. Good. Okay, good. Yeah, now with the tomato, um, the other thing would be to say, okay, you sprayed in the evening, you leave that spray on for eh, an hour, and then bring out the hose and wash it off. Even soap, I I, I learned this by experience because I once killed little green pepper plants by spraying them with the soap water (laughs) solution and the heat of the sun was hitting the green peppers and they turned black right before my very eyes. Yes, oh, they, they were black. Yeah, it's it's sure. quite hard on the plants. You don't realize. It just seems no. so simple. It's just soap, but it really does hurt the tissues. Is there something else I should be using on the tomatoes? Um, well, bug be gone. You know what? I would pro- you could probably get away with just a, a a nice sort of sharp spray of water. 
right? Not so sharp as to damage the plant, but knock the bugs off with a, a sh- you know, with water. And that way you're not damaging with any chemicals. You're just trying to move the bugs, uh, you know, off the plants. Mm-hmm, because it was sort of curling the leaf under. And the tomato plants, I find the, the leaves are curling up. Right. You know, like cupping. Yes. Well, I, and I don't know what's causing that. Okay, well, that's another whole other thing going on. And you know what? I will be talking about that later today um, in one of my little tips. But there is something called late blight of tomatoes. And because of the wet, cold spring, late blight is starting to show up in southwestern Ontario. And I imagine we're going to, a lot of us are going to see some our tomatoes plants collapsing from this completely uh, incurable disease. Oh, it's, no. So kind of, we call it the, the bubonic plague oh, of tomatoes. No. Yeah. Uh, late blight, there's nothing uh, you can do. Well, I thank so, you very much okay. for your help. You're welcome. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM. But one tip I mm-hmm. will say yes. to Bev, who's now gone, but I'm sure is still listening. Remember, we can always limit fungal diseases, um, any kind of mildew on particularly things like tomatoes if we're very careful to avoid wetting the foliage late in the day. So we don't do, when we're watering, let's do our watering early in the day. Uh, If we are watering late in the day because of our lifestyle, let's make sure we're only watering the soil, not the plants. Because we can't stop the precipitation wetting the plants, but we don't need to wet them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. We started the show off with an email, so I thought, gee, maybe I better uh, give your email again for folks who in the future want to shoot you a little question or whatever. As long as you're not shooting me, okay. No, no. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> if you want to reach Charlie by email, here's here's how you go about it. Uh, enter uh, c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. And a little reminder that if you miss a show along the way, mm-hmm. you can always pick us up on podcasts. You can, and you don't need an iPod to listen to a podcast. No, that's right. <laughs> Anybody can listen to a podcast as long as you've got a computer. Okay. And I see we have a couple of lines open, so yeah. uh, let me repeat those phone numbers for folks just joining in. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-474. I'm going to ring that bell in just a couple of moments. For John here in Toronto, a first-time caller to The Garden Show. Another one. Yeah, just around the corner. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frankie Proctor, here with you, sharing this gorgeous Saturday morning. Uh, Ian Taves, who is in studio, as we Mm -hmm. mentioned off the top from the uh, film company 291, just happened to mention that uh, he's got a little idea of when this show might be airing that he's shooting. Uh, And it's going to be on Vision TV sometime in the fall. And when he finds out for sure exactly what date... They'll we'll let, let, yeah, let we'll, let know, we'll let everybody know. know. Yeah. But it's going to be called Ageless Gardens. And um, yes, obviously, I, you and I are part of it. But there will be other people from all across Canada talking about gardening, different nice. aspects of gardening yeah. uh, as we age. And just, you know, how different ways to keep active and keep doing what you love and not suffer as a result. As right? Moses Neimer's favorite saying is, to keep going, you got to just keep going, right. you know? Keep right. going. John, well, first-time caller here in T.O. 
There you are. Welcome, Welcome to the show, John. Good morning. Morning. Your show is always so informative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of have a good news, bad news story. About six or seven years ago, I planted some beautiful a dozen cedars around my patio, mm-hmm. and now they're about 10 feet high, mm-hmm. and I don't want them to grow any higher, <laughs> and I don't know whether I can clip off the tops and uh, to kind of make that nice little enclosure around our backyard mm-hmm. patio. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would happen if I cut the tops off these uh, cedars that are now about eight or nine yeah. feet? And I don't okay. want them any higher. All right, so I'm glad you've called because often people do leave things like cedars for 20 years and then suddenly say, oh, those cedars are awfully big. We need to get them shorter. And you can't do radical pruning when they're super big. But if you're, you know, around the 10-foot height, you want to keep them at the 10-foot height or 8-foot height. Uh, remember, if you take the tops off, which you can do, the plant... How many inches can you take off? Uh, well, given that... Six inches? Well, you... Back in June, you could have taken as much as a third off of the top of the trees or off the entire tree, each tree, um, which could have been, you know, whatever number of inches off the top. Because what happens when you take the top off is the plants are going to get wider. So your patio is going to get smaller. <laughs> so, so before you know it, your little your enclosure is going to be very, very cozy. So remember, nothing wrong with taking the tops off, but you are going to have to shear the sides as well. So you're going to have to balance the the fact that the taking the tops makes them wider, taking the sides makes them taller. So you got to do both. Otherwise, you're going to have to step out of the backyard to turn around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when is the best time to do this? When? I mean, obviously, it's not an emergency. Okay, the if best. I had to wait till next spring. I would. Um, but you I'd could... like to get at it this year yeah. if I could. I I personally would probably do some pruning now. I wouldn't do anything too radical. Maybe a few inches off the top and an inch to two inches off the sides. Your best time to prune cedars and any evergreens is when they are actively growing. So we saw active growth on our cedars typically mid-June. All that fresh green growth comes out on the yews and the cedars and the junipers. Now things have slowed down a bit, usually just because the temperatures rise. It gets warmer and warmer, the growth slows down. Okay. Well, that's, that's great. Okay. Uh, if I follow your instructions, I don't think I'll kill them. Nope, you won't. <laughs> that's my worry. <laughs> no, that's don't. Great, you, you won't kill them. But don't, like I said, don't be afraid to give them a, a, a light shearing now and then a proper harder pruning next, say, mid-June, depending on the spring we're having. Well, that's just great news. Okay, good. Thanks, John. Don't don't be a stranger. That's right. You got that first call in. Now it's open-door policy. And the coffee's always on, right? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite spots, uh, particularly come around fall time, is the Kitchener-Waterloo area where Oktoberfest happens. Mm -hmm. And Hal is online from uh, Kitchener. Good morning, Hal. Well, good morning to you guys. Good morning. Look, I might have a solution for the bugs on the uh, tomato plants. Okay. What I've been doing for, for many, many years is keeping seeds from the year before, mm-hmm. and I plant them in the house, mm-hmm. in a big pot. Yeah, back in, like, March or April. Um, probably around, uh, no, I start them in, in September, October. Oh. And then I keep them in the house all winter long. Mm-hmm. I have fruit by the end of December. Mm-hmm. I have it in January. I have it in February. I have it in March. I can pick tomatoes off all those months. You must have a really, really sunny spot inside your house. I or, do. Or, I do. Yeah, okay. And the plant now 
uh, as I speak, it's still in the house. <laughs> put, put it outside. Huh. It, it's probably five feet high now. Oh, wow. And how big of a pot have you got that in? Um, like a half barrel. <laughs> at least, I don't know, a foot across. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, if not, maybe a little bigger. Inch or two bigger. So you're not exactly moving anyway, that plant. I love doing that because yeah. then I have fruit through the... the uh, the summer, I mean, through the winter time. And fresh, like right off the vine, which is great. But that, in the house, and but, no bugs. No kidding. But, uh, uh, but that uh, is kind of amazing because, you know, the, our natural light levels drop substantially mm-hmm. through yeah. September, October, January, etc. Yeah. So for you to actually have flowering and fruiting tomatoes, you, do you, you must have some artificial light going on as well. Just no, I don't. Supplementary. I, have, I have this great big bay window, and I, I've got plants in here you wouldn't believe. I've Ooh, got some wow. from... Cacti that I've grown for 15, 20 hmm. years. It's up to the ceiling. You had to hold a tour all by yourself. Stop My God, that right. sounds great. From Utah, that an I indoor know garden I tour. Yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, <laughs> that's great. Okay, well, no, but so that's really good. So you and you've avoided any insects by having that control. I have no insects in the house at all. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Somehow. Some, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Keep anyway, I just thought. I'd let yeah. You know I well, have thank fruit, you. Uh, through the winter, and I, I love doing that. All right, we're coming to visit you uh, about December fifteenth when we're dying for a fresh yeah. tomato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, mind you, these are tiny Tims. Too. Oh, that helps. Oh, wow, and it's five feet tall. Salads, though, aren't they? That's I interesting. Ones, I have the big, yeah. tiny Tims. I have the yeah. small, tiny Tims. <laughs> I have a variety of them. Neat. Good for you. That's great. Supply the neighborhood, huh? <laughs> Thank you very much for calling, and we uh, enjoy hearing from you here on The Garden yeah. Show. Coming up now to our final break, mm-hmm. and uh, Charlie shall return with more sage advice. Mm. Ooh, how about that? Yeah, really. Sage Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Back in the moments, here on Zoomer Radio, the Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, let's scurry along here to get our callers on the air who've been patiently waiting, like Anne in Newmarket. Good morning, Anne. Hi. Good morning. morning guys. I- my phone's having a little trouble, so I don't know if you'll hear me. Yep, you're okay. Okay, thank you. I'm concerned about these spots that we get on the lawn, Charlie. Uh, yellow? Yellow, yeah. yeah we've, we've done them once with the minotaur, is it? Mm-hmm. Nematodes? Yes. Yeah. Now, we done that back in June, and now we're getting spots again. So did we not do it right, or do I have to do them again? Do you? You don't have a dog, do you? Yes, I do. A female dog? He's a male. Oh, male. Okay. Because female dogs will squat and pee on the grass, causing yellow circles because the grass doesn't like all that high concentration of ammonia, right? Right. Um, So assuming your male dog is not peeing on the lawn and causing any of those spots, you could, I mean, yeah, it's... It's a bit early to see slug damage or slug. I mean, um, grub. End of August or middle of August. Well, that's right. See the grubs. Yeah, have pupated and they aren't chewing anything right now. And could you? It's awfully moist year for cinch bug. Uh, I would look very closely. You could have, there are some rust diseases. Okay. Do you ever notice when you walk on your lawn, if do you ever have like white running shoes on or something with white soles, and then you, you notice you get this orange coloration on your shoes when you walk on the lawn? 
by any chance? No, not no. that I noticed. No. Yeah, because sometimes when we get into these seriously moist years, rusts will grow on the lawn, and it comes right off on your shoes. Oh, okay. Um, now, these are just like in different spots. At first, I thought it might have been the rabbits, you know, like doing their job on the um, lawn, but... But you're seeing more and more spots. Yeah. And are the spots actually expanding in size? No, I don't think they're getting any bigger, but they're they're more like, mm. were we done with the stuff? Mm-hmm. They're okay, but now they're like they moved around. Okay. So what I would do is take a really, really close look at okay. what's what's happening in that those patches. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you can do is you can sink a, a can, like a pork and bean can, Cut the bottom and the top out. You, then it's a cylinder. S- get that cylinder down beneath the surface of the turf, down by a good inch to two inches. Mm-hmm. Fill the can with water. If there are insects in the soil or so small that you can't see, they will float to the top of the water, okay. s- thus separating themselves from the turf. And then now you've got little insects to collect and to identify and figure out what they are. What they are, okay. That's a traditional way to, to find wow, cinch bark. that's very inventive, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, clever. You like that? I like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. good visual of that. Um, the other thing is tug on those yellow blades of grass. Mm-hmm. See if there's no roots attached. That always is a good indicator that something's chewing the roots. Okay. Could It's kind of a funny time of year to be seeing grub damage, but anything's possible. Yeah. Um, or, you know, it could be voles or something, some underground uh, animal chewing the roots. But either way, tugging will tell you something. Um, and if like I, I said, tug it, what is it, if, if it's a tart? It should, yeah, it'll come right out if it has no roots attached. Okay. If it's still holding firm in the ground, then you know it's not a root issue. You've got roots. You just don't have living turf. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing is mark on your calendar, and you will be doing this in the next two to three weeks, is purchasing fresh, brand new nematodes mm-hmm. and following the instructions very thoroughly, very carefully right. uh, to spray. And you're going to spray these nematodes specifically in the areas where you're seeing the yellow patches. Okay. Okay. Right. And if there are grubs there, th- that's how you're going to control them. Okay. 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 Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Anne. Thanks uh, always for calling. A, always a pleasure. Uh, now, hey, oh, we've got a first time caller. Yeah, get that one in. Daisy in Stony Creek. Hi. Good morning. Morning. Hi, Daisy. Hello, Daisy. Oh. Whoop, did she? I think we just oh, lost oh, Daisy. Here. Oh, oh, there hello. you are. Okay, go ahead. I don't know what happened, but anyway, I was uh, in my garden walking around. Oh. I didn't press the right button right away. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's okay. You're on now. Okay. Uh, my fig tree. Mm-hmm. I have this fig tree that I've had, oh, probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is now planted in the ground. It's been planted in the ground for the last five years. Really? And you leave it out year-round? Yeah, I leave it oh, out wow. year-round. It has a it has a winterized cabin for it. Oh, right. So you cover it. Yep. Cover it, yep. yeah. And it's real insulated and all that. So nice. no problem there. However, it is um, growing very quickly, high. Mm. So I'm wondering when is, if, if I can prune it and when is the best time to prune it? Hmm. You know what? This is a very specific good question. Have you, uh, do you have access to the internet? Well, I'm not a computer savvy person. (laughs) 
I'm going to give you a website that's going to answer all your questions. Yeah, but I, I, I don't go on the... Oh, because, you have a friend who has a computer? Well, just the, um, yeah. in terms of growing figs in Ontario, we have an expert, and his name is Stephen Biggs. Uh-huh. He gardens with figs in the North York area, so in the Toronto area, has for years, and he has a great website, Just and it's just growfigs.com. Okay, hold on just for a second. So grow, right. grow. Uh-huh. That's a great name, uh, Hold on for a minute. Grow, grow grow figs with bigs. That's right. Well, he calls himself a fig pig. <laughs> <laughs> he loves figs. Okay. So you know he like he knows everything about. So I would go to so triple w dot com, um, and he also has a couple of books out. So I mean, you no, know, he's a very very smart guy. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you mm-hmm. can even send him an email uh, from his website regarding your specific question, but. Generally, I would think, off the top of my head, the time to prune the figs is early in the spring, just like we prune all of our fruit trees early in the spring before all that big flush of growth and flowers and fruits, etc. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, we, we do have to scoot along yep. here. We're uh, kind of fresh yeah. out of time. And, uh, gee, uh, a quick little note and a shout-out to Claire in DeWittville in New York, mm-hmm. uh, who's on the line. We just don't have time to get to you today. I guess so. Please call in early next week. Yeah, be, be the first one off the bat, or leave yeah. your number with Sebastian. Sebastian could call you for uh, to be the first off the bat next week. Exactly. Thanks for calling, Claire. Yeah. Well, it's been a, an eventful show, I'll tell you. Hasn't it, though? We've had a photographer in here, the documentary maker. I know. I like the way you say that. Your eyebrows go up. Yeah, <laughs> we should have worn our tuxedos today. We just sounded well, so I'm sophisticated. Well, I'm glad you finally got some lipstick on, you know. <laughs> For the first time ever that you've seen me in lipstick. <laughs> That's true, too. I know. Yeah. You're going to have a busy week, Charlie. Uh, I do. I do. I've got all kinds of things on the go. It's all a bit overwhelming right now. Uh, but it's good. It's, it's good. good. Yeah, all yeah. right, all right. Garden designs well, for clients. Uh, thanks to all our, our gardens callers. to maintain. Yeah. Yes, thank you for everybody for being, you know, great questions, obviously, from all over Ontario, including the United States, though we didn't quite get to Claire. And thanks. Nate did a good job as a learner, and Sebastian did his usual fine job. You, of course, I couldn't do any of this without oh, your my help. Oh, Lord, no. I know. I know. I know. Best <laughs> undergardener in the world. So, uh, again, thanks again to everybody. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.